0: You are listening to the next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Hidden Figures. Y'all gonna end up unemployed riding around in this pile of junk. You're welcome to walk the 16 miles or sit in the back of the bus. Like
1: you have identification on it?
0: NASA, sir.
1: NASA? I had no idea they hired me. There
0: are quite a few women working in the space program.
1: The least I can do is give y'all an escort.
0: Three Negro women are chasing a white police officer down the highway in 1961. That is a God-ordained miracle. In 14 days, astronauts will be here for training. And we're shooting a human into space and it's never been done before. With the launch of the Russian spy satellite, the president is demanding an immediate response. Running from the man, man. Space test group needs a computer. is the gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her. This is about inventing the math, because without it, we're not going anywhere. Yes, sir. That's John Glenn. What do you guys do for NASA? Calculate your launch and landing, site. How could you be ugly in these white men? It's equal rights. I have the right to see fine in every color. Oh. All right, everyone, so that was the trailer for Hidden Figures, and the story is as follows. A team of African-American women provide NASA with important mathematical data needed to launch the program's first successful space missions. The cast includes Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, Janelle Monae, Kevin Costner, Kirsten Dunst, and Jim Parsons. This uh, has been written and directed by Theodore Melfi, along with Allison Schroeder co-writing as well. And joining me for this review, I have Kristen Lopez. Hello, everybody. And what better person to talk about women in film, especially the most incredible women, uh, quite frankly, that I've seen uh, in a film this year. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I I I quite enjoyed this movie. Uh, So, Kristen, why don't you take it away first? What did you think of Hidden Figures?
1: I really enjoyed this. Uh, I have not read the book that it's based on, but I have read Rise of the Rocket Girls, which is about several of the women, both white, black, Asian, that worked at NASA during the, the rise of the space program, and actually before that, when before NASA even was a thing. So this story, I'm kind of a soft touch for 1960s um, set dramas, especially about the aerospace program, because I think it's very sad that we have a space program that we don't use anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I found the story to be so interesting. It's written co-written by a woman. Um, I think it's very sad that a lot of people are saying it's too slight to be an Oscar contender. It's too wholesome. It's too simple. Well, you're talking to a classic movie girl, and simple is how movies were made, you know, back in the 40s and 50s. They did not have big stories, and I think that this movie is very sweet. It's earnest without being sentimental. It's got some very fantastic positive depictions of women acted by three amazing actresses. It's even got positive depictions of men in this movie, which is very rare to see kind of supportive husbands in movies that aren't, you know, the focus or, you know, this is this is a movie that does not suffer from the Aaron Brockovich principle that I always say, mm-hmm. where if you're a woman who's succeeding in your job, that means your kids hate you and your husband resent you because you can't have it all, ladies. This movie says, hell yeah, you can. And you should demand that you can. And I just I loved I loved every message this movie threw out.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i with you on that. You know, it's all those people out there that say that this film is simple and. Um, I want to remind them that The Help was nominated for Best Picture. The Blind Side was nominated for Best Picture.
1: And this is better than both of those
0: movies. And I think this is, yeah, (laughs) better than both of those movies. I completely agree with you on that. Um, And I also, based upon, if anybody's been listening to our previous episodes, I'm also not a fan of these types of movies. I'm not a fan of the simple storytelling structure. I'm not a fan of the cookie cutter, uh, true story uh, that makes you feel good. I like more challenging films. I like films that make you ask questions. This to me normally is like something that I have absolutely no interest in seeing because I already can tell you all the time how these types of stories will play out. And I want to be very clear on this. I knew exactly how this story was going to play out. There is nothing surprising in this movie. All the storytelling beats are completely familiar. And that is my only complaint about the movie. Because otherwise, through the combination of really good pacing, fantastic performances, not just from the three leading ladies, but just an overall ensemble, and also, too... Uh, the period uh, recreation is really well done. I think that there actually is um, a good sense of dramatic stakes uh, as we get into the third act. Uh, and I also just think that there is a really, really positive takeaway message from this film overall. Um, I don't love this film, I, I, but I like it. And I like it more than uh, The Blind Side and The Help. And, you know, like you were saying before, Kristen, it, it really starts and ends with the three leading ladies in this, uh, Taraji P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monae, who, by the way, is having a fantastic year with this and Moonlight. I mean, she kind of has just come out of nowhere, but I think with these two performances this year, she's proven to us that she's the real deal.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that the blind side and the help come up, and I think that where this differs greatly is that those movies are... Written for a white audience with white characters at the the center, which is why they're considered, they're often called white savior films. Yeah. And it's also similar, I think, to what we're seeing with the backlash against La La Land, which is still a very white perspective. It's kind of what we said when we talked about Baton Fences. Whereas this is speaking for women. And that, but it's also speaking not just towards sexism as bad, but it's really honing in even deeper into racism as bad. Because I think, um, Bell Hooks, if anybody's read Bell Hooks, um, she's the one that says in the hierarchy of marginalized people you know, black women are the most marginalized, above, below black men, essentially. So, you know, you're talking about a minority of a minority of a minority that usually does not get any type of prestige picture about them, let alone more than one woman. And this is a movie that not only praises black femininity, but also intelligence. I cannot stress that enough. In in 2016, when we started out with one of the most Dumb action movies, which I say is is 13 hours. The Benghazi movie, where yeah. everybody was saying we don't want no Ivy League idiot who has education because that's stupid. You know, this is a movie that praises women for being intelligent. And and not intelligent in like a girly profession. You know, STEM careers are the the rise for of the future for for young girls it's science and technology and math yeah and I'm not a math person I am horrible at math and I mean I was just in awe of of the the story here and the fact that you know we're praising and the fact that we're kind of taking NASA to task and saying hey you know what You guys were pretty horrible to women, but you were also really horrible to black women.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, everybody was during that time, and uh, what I really like about this movie is I really like that the film treats a a brilliant mind is a brilliant mind, no matter who it belongs to, Um, and that's what Kevin Costner uh, ultimately realizes in this film, and when things start getting in the way of that brilliant mind being able to do what he needs it to do, he gets pissed off. And he starts, uh, out of necessity, I think, maybe more so than anything, starts advocating and fighting for uh, Taraji P. Henson to do her job. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily because he genuinely likes her at first. I think he warms up to her more as the film moves on. But it is simply because she has a brilliant mind so you know that scene where he uh takes down the um uh the ladies room uh, sign for the bathroom uh, for colored women uh mind you um when he takes that down it's a scene in the trailer he it's a scene that really goes uh, to show you like he's just like i'm fed up with this crap <laughs> you know what i mean stop letting us get in the way of us doing our jobs people people's lives depend on this you are all a bunch of idiots <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah, and, I, and I think it's also important to point out that, you know, I think there are little small things in the movie that th- there's been a lot of pushback regarding there's a scene in the film where throughout the entire movie, there's a subplot about Octavia Spencer and Kirsten Dunst's character, yeah. who kind of plays... Um, the managerial managerial role for the white
0: women, essentially. And I could totally see how people are giving pushback on this scene because it's not as clear as maybe people interpret it to be.
1: Kirsten Dunst's character is naturally cold and there's a hierarchy. Yep. And at the end of the movie, um, there's a scene where Taraji P. Henson's character is essentially moving on and they give her a string of pearls because... The character has said that she doesn't own pearls and that kind of proves that she's not the same as the other women and they kind of give her pearls. And a lot of people are saying that's such a tone deaf moment because that's the best gift they can come up with. And I said, well, yeah, that's to me, that's the point is that, you know, and I, I say this as a white person, they don't get it. They don't get it because they're not ever going to have to worry about that experience. And so the best they can come up with is focusing on, well, we'll give you some pearls, which equates money, which equates status. But they're never going to feel that marginalization in their lives because institutional racism is always going to be a thing. And and so a lot of people say it's a tone-deaf moment. I think it's Really kind of putting the nail in the coffin that, you know, there are just some things that as a white person, you're not going to get.
0: But it's also not just status and money. It's also a symbol that she's one of the club, you know, and this is a way of saying that, you know, we accept you Uh, not as one of us, but just we accept you. Um, yeah. it's not saying, oh, you know, you're white all of a sudden. No, no, no. It's yeah. not about racism
1: that. is over. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. Uh,
0: but going back to Kirsten Dunst and Octavia Spencer for a moment, I could totally see how some people would read into Kirsten Dunst in this movie. And when Kirsten like gives Octavia Spencer this speech at the end in the, in the bathroom and, yes. and basically tells her. You know, Like, you know, basically, you know, I don't hate you and everything. She says,
1: I have I have nothing against you. And Octavia Spencer tells her something. I I know you believe that.
0: Yes. (laughs) And, you know, it's interesting because I can see how some people would read into that as, well, maybe she is being sincere. Like, does Octavia Spencer have to give so much attitude in that moment about that? But it's it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's ignorance. That Kirsten Dunst yeah. is displaying towards Octavia Spencer, um, it, it's complete ignorance. Like, like, and to the, to that point, it really annoyed me when I heard people bring up that well, Octavia Spencer should have just been appreciative. What? Yeah, no, I
1: I think that it's it's such a great movie that talks about institutional racism that we still see in 2017. You know, we're we're dealing with. You know, and I have many family members who who will start a sentence with I have nothing against black people. I have black friends. But and that's what this movie is saying is that none of these characters are bad people in the fact that they are going to go up to these characters and say a racial slur. But the fact that they still believe that there is a hierarchy and that they are the top. That's what the movie is commenting on. The fact that there's still this divide and that it's ingrained in their personality and that they don't, they feel, I mean, I think Kirsten Dunst's character believes that as long as she's not saying racial slurs and being, you know, overtly rude, you know, as long as it's not 12 years a slave, she thinks she's being progressive. And that's not what, what solves that problem that's so not that you know i just i love the people that are saying yeah octavia spencer's character should have been you know it's not the help you know the characters in the help do things i mean bryce dallas howard's character is meant to be a villain that's what she does none of these characters act like that but they still act wrong
0: right and so octavia spencer has kirsten dunst Taraji P. Henson has Jim Parsons, who she clashes with. But the problem I, I, I find also with this movie structurally is I don't know who Janelle Monet is necessarily going up against. And I actually found her segments in the film to actually be the overall weakness and to only be saved by her own charisma in the role. What do you think about that?
1: I, I wanted more of the Janelle Monet character because I think her story, to me was very important. She's got a subplot where she wants to be an engineer. And she has to attend night classes. But the only way she can do that is by going to a white school. And she has to go to the Supreme Court, or I guess like the big court of the state, and get them to overturn it. I think if this, the movie I think has a lot of, it bites off more than it can chew. And had this been a movie specifically about one of these characters, that would have been the entire plot of the movie. It would have been, like, loving, you know, in terms of getting to the court case and letting it happen. It's solved rather quickly. Yeah. And you don't really hear more about it. And I wanted to learn more because... There are so many women again today who want to be engineers, who want to be in those top STEM careers and are limited either by location or by money or by the fact that they're raising children and they can't, you know, go to the school at that time. I mean, I wanted more of that because I find that to be so fascinating. But then everybody's story is really fascinating in this movie.
0: Yeah, everyone's story is fascinating. I just feel like hers is the one story that she gets stops being fascinating. Yeah. yeah, and she has a husband that also is, um, you know, the the angry black man is gonna, you know, uh, put maybe take place in um, a riot or something. You know, he wants to fight back against all the uh, injustices that have been done uh, towards the African-American uh, community. Uh, we don't really get to hear more about that. You know, it's like she kind of calms him down it keeps him in in line essentially uh at this um uh one scene i believe it was like a what was it like an outdoor picnic or barbecue or something like that yeah. yeah and we don't really hear much of that again um and then kind of a similar thing happens with mahershala ali and taraji p henson in this movie where he kind of introduces himself into the narrative um you know, they kind of have a little bit of a thing going, and then he also disappears. It just seems like they're, they're being respectful towards these three women's stories. Um, and by doing that, they're trying to tell almost every aspect of their lives during this time. But you're right in the sense that it does bite off more than it can chew, and everything doesn't get then it's proper do. What ultimately does get the focus is the success or failure of the space mission itself.
1: I do I do want to slightly disagree with you about the, the male characters in this movie, especially the ones you mentioned, because yeah, I can see how they're not a big element of the film, but if the roles were reversed, I think we've seen female characters play that for far too long. The supportive... Wife that's always on the fringes that just kind of makes comments and then disappears. But it doesn't and make it I, right
0: either way. You're almost making it sound no, like paid no, back. it doesn't.
1: It doesn't. I think that the distinction lies in the fact that these are men who, and again, you could have really fallen into stereotypes like you mentioned with the angry black man who resents his woman going out and you know being smart. Both, I mean, most of the characters here are incredibly respectful and in awe. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Janelle Monet's husband realizes that he's kind of being a dick and apologizes. Yeah. Uh, I loved uh, Mahershala Ali here because he's got this great story and he, he has this kind of meet cute with Taraji P. Henson's character, Catherine, and she's got three children and he kind of tries to assert his dominance a little bit and she shuts him down and she says like I have a career I have you know I'm not going to be a a stay-at-home wife and he accepts that and and I love that scene where he finally proposes because it's kind of a fairy tale for a lot of single moms I think the fact that he gets the kids on his side first. You know, he understands that her children are an important part of her life and he wants to be a part of theirs as well as a part of hers. I mean, we don't see that, those little minute elements in a courtship when a woman comes with baggage. You know, usually that's the makings of a horror movie right there, you know? Young single mother who ends up in a relationship from hell. I, I mean, I think that it's great to see positive depictions of men who are supportive of their their spouse going out in a career that maybe makes more money than them maybe takes time out from you know the relationship I mean I'm so sick of, of seeing you know cop dramas where the woman's like I married you and I know you were a cop but now I resent it you know I mean this is this is a great depiction of relationships that I really appreciate it but you are you are right that the focus is space
0: <laughs> right and uh, you know I you know, going back to the space, uh, NASA rather, um, not having necessarily an importance in today's society, um, I cherish stories like these because I feel like we're gonna run out of them soon if we yeah. don't get you know new stories getting created today um, in regards to um, our space missions instead we get these fictionalized uh they almost seem like they're real movies like the martian <laughs> you know what we've I mean?
1: traveled into space more times in film than i think we have in actuality
0: right exactly it's
1: very sad to me
0: yeah same here because it also uh space is just filled with so much wonder and with that wonder it it dares you to dream And that's what this movie, I think, does for little girls all around the world, is it dares them to dream and follow their dreams. And also, I mean, it sounds so cliche saying it, but it's true. You walk away from this film feeling inspired, you know, that women such as this could overcome such uh, adversity and then rise to such prominent positions and make such an impact also within their lives. So, yeah, let's uh, address also the elephant in the room here. And that is the performance of Taraji P. Henson, which I think you and I can both agree is probably the best in the film.
1: It is. It is. And I'm very surprised that it's not getting any attention.
0: So that is the elephant in the room here. Why is she not getting attention, do you think?
1: I Honestly, I don't understand it at all. I don't. because She even has she... the scene.
0: Like she has a great scene. scene. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she has she has several scenes I would say. I mean, I think the the speech that she gives about the bathroom, mm-hmm. that's the big Oscar moment. Yes. But then the the proposal scene with her family and her children I think is a very beautiful emotional scene that she acts the hell out of. Yes. Um but I don't I don't get what it is. I think we assume You know, I I don't know, maybe if the Academy's assuming that she's already gotten awards recognition before, um, this is not hustle and flow. You know, this is not the character that she played in that movie, that doe-eyed, abused figure. This is a strong, confident woman. And I think that really scares people still to this day, especially the Academy, which even though they're getting better, they still can't wreck in terms of diversity of, of Academy members. I think it's going to take a while for them to rewire their thinking of what constitutes a good lead performance. Because we've seen leading women, you know, I I want to, I don't want to compare this to the blind side, but it's kind of impossible not to. But Sandra Bullock, you know, wins an Oscar for playing a tough-as-nails good mother who doesn't have a job, but, you know, she's, she's tough. How is that any different from Taraji P. Henson's character? She's tough, she's determined, she's tenacious, she's ambitious, Why, and she's a good mother. What is the problem? I, I honestly, it makes my head hurt to think that she's probably going to be overlooked because I don't think the Academy's thinking is able to suss out what makes this movie truly compelling. And it's the fact that Taraji P. Henson's character redefines what a strong leading woman is. Yeah. And what women want to see.
0: You know, I I, kind of get that kind of a vibe also from someone like Annette Bening uh, from 20th Century Women this year um, in that strong female role type. Uh, We also got to remind ourselves, too, that this is the most competitive best actress category in years. I mean, like, I can't, I can't even recall the last time Best Actress was this crowded. So I think it's just bad timing, if anything. Also, the late December release uh, also does not help matters. But I think that she is definitely worthy. One person, though, that I didn't think was necessarily as worthy um, was Janelle Monae, and I can actually see why Octavia Spencer got golden globe and sag nominations over her but even then i'm watching octavia spencer in this and i I can't help but compare her to the help and i'm honestly i don't think either one of them uh, i would i would personally nominate for best supporting actress what do you think about what's going on there between those two ladies in that category
1: You hit the nail on the head. I think that Octavia Spencer is getting... And again, this goes back to Academy thinking. She's playing the same thing from The Help. They love The Help. They love Octavia Spencer in The Help. Why not just do it again? And I'm not meaning to denigrate her character because there's a great subplot about her wanting to become a manager and essentially learning how to work what would um, become the big, you know, like Apple computers that would essentially like run the uh it's not Apple back then, but it was IBM. essentially the computers that the IBM thank you um I mean that's a that's a fantastic thing again, if this was a movie about each of these characters individually, that would be the entire premise. It would be like the imitation game only good um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that they're they're falling back on what they know, which is that she's playing another and, and I don't even think it'd fall back on what they know. She's not kind of playing a sassy character that you know. Does, she doesn't give Kirsten Dunst the shit pie. I mean, I don't understand w- their thinking there. I think they're just falling back on past precedent. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want for a movie like this that is actually kind of rewriting the book. Um, Janelle Monet, I just think, unfortunately, she doesn't have a scene. You know, she doesn't have a big moment. Her plot is important, but it's really kind of underdone compared to everybody else.
0: See, and I would argue that you could write her out of the story, and I don't think the plot of the movie changes at all, personally.
1: I, I would agree, and I hate to say that, because I, I think Janelle Monáe's story is really interesting, but I could agree that it is given the shortest riff. Yeah, I do want to throw out, really quickly, uh, Glenn Powell, who plays John yes. in this movie. I Okay, I'm one of the people that does not like Everybody Wants Some. I'm sorry I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Maybe because I don't have a penis. I don't know. Um, but but, and I, I think he's okay on Scream Queens. Um, but I really enjoyed him here. Because I think he is the character that is... Probably the most innocent Babe in the Woods character in this movie because he doesn't really understand what the problem is. You know, when when they're talking about putting Catherine in the, the meeting um, or any of that, he's just kind of like, well, like, why not? do it i don't really care um or you know when the the launch actually happens and they're in trouble and they need something he's like well just get the girl you know (laughs) I, i i trust her you know he's kind of that innocent figure that that perfect figure of a world without racism in one person um and i think uh glenn powell acts that character without being too like aw shucks about yeah. it which i think could have really happened if you had a, a lesser performer
0: yeah and i also really like the whole um aspect of his character where he's like listen you guys do what you need to do and you guys figure out what you need to figure out just as long as i'm not burning up in the sky you know what i'm saying <laughs> like he yeah just,
1: exactly exactly I, I just
0: love that somebody's
1: watched it. apollo 13 apparently yeah. <laughs>
0: Alright, well with that said, let's move over to any final thoughts, uh, some things that maybe we didn't cover. uh, Great out of 10 and Oscar potential. Take it away, Kristen.
1: I think that this movie needs to get a lot more attention. Um, There's been a very vocal discussion on Twitter um, from female writers such as myself talking about how much this movie is uh, an important kind of stepping stone Um, and I know Film School Rejects has written articles about why this is a movie that should not be ignored, so throw that out there if you want to look at other perspectives, but I really enjoyed this. Um, In a year that has been kind of like the seventh circle of hell, um, this movie was kind of balm for my soul. It's not afraid to be smart. It's not afraid to be emotional. It's not afraid to, you know, let the women characters be who they are. I think Taraji P. Henson is continuing to show that she is such an unsung actress that deserves far more attention than she's getting. Um, Positive depictions of men. So for all you, like, men's rights activists who might be uh, listening, you know, there's positive depictions of men in this movie. Um, And it's, again, a movie that shows us that the space program is something that we need back in our lives, and I, I would love to see them revitalize it and bring it back and do something with it because Lord knows if uh, things keep going the way they're going, we're all going to want to get on a spacecraft and fly to the moon. So we might want to start like dusting them off now. So I'm going to give this uh, this, this gets an eight out of 10. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, and in terms of Oscar predictions, um, I have this for supporting actress. Um, I, I think it's going to be Octavia Spencer um i would love it to be taraji but i don't think it's going to be um i also have this i think for production design um and costumes i think that's all i have
0: all right well um i'd also like to uh just also talk about the score and the songs uh from the movie for a second um Personally, I didn't mind the score in the beginning of the film. I actually really liked it a lot. And I thought that this could be, after hearing the opening moments of um, the first track that plays in the film, I thought this could be one of my favorite scores of the year. But as the film goes, it just completely became unmemorable for me in many ways. Um, And the songs, I, I, I personally didn't feel like they fit necessarily with the... Film itself, like you know, watching the film and hearing the song play out, but on their own, I think they're they're fine songs. Um, I don't know if you had that same problem with the music like I did, but
1: um, I didn't. I think the score is bizarre. I don't think it works as well as it would in something like Selma which I think is what they're going for. And the the marketing for this is also very bizarre. Again, something we saw when we saw the marketing for Fences with this kind of pulsing hip-hop tinge score to it that, again, proves that we need to do something with marketing um, ethnic movies that are not white movies. But the score here didn't bother me, but I think that it was going for an aesthetic that the movie couldn't back up.
0: Mm. Yeah, I hear you on that. But nonetheless never underestimate the power of a true story that is well told and that is what hidden figures ultimately uh becomes um for all its flaws and there are some flaws here it does ultimately win you over by being a respectful and just solid good all-around film backed by a fantastic leading performance from taraji p henson that is being criminally underrated right now um And also a fine supporting cast. Kevin Costner, he is actually pretty good in this. I wouldn't say that he's Oscar nomination worthy, but I think he's pretty good in this. Uh, Janelle Monae, same thing. Octavia Spencer, same thing. Um, So with all that said, though, as far as Oscar prospects go, I mean, score, song, I I could see song happening. I'm not going to – I'm going to rule out score. So song – Adapted screenplay, maybe Best Supporting Actress for Octavia Spencer. I, I think Janelle Monae. Critics were trying to make that happen. That is not happening anymore. Best Actress could shock, but it, but I mean, that that's not going to happen, honestly. Uh, and Best Picture. So I think on its... Uh, I don't see this getting into any of the other tech categories. So I think on its best day, I think we're looking at four nominations on its uh, worst day. You know, I, I think that on its worst day, I think it gets in the song and nothing else. <laughs> I mean, that would be...
1: It would be Selma Selma all over again. In a
0: way, yeah. I mean, Selma, I thought, was more offensive. Um, if this misses, I think people will write it off as being, well, it was good. It wasn't great. You know what I mean? Like Selma, true, is, true. Selma is Selma uh, is I think in another tier it, it
1: would it would prove my point though about falling back on past
0: precedent I, I agree with you on that yes <laughs> I, I do um but I, I'll give hidden figures an eight out of ten as well you know it, it sounds like I'm lower on it than you in some respects but we end up in the same area uh simply because despite the flaws, as I was saying before, it it had the ability to win me over. And that is saying something for somebody that typically does not enjoy these types of films uh, more often than not. So I was very pleasantly surprised by this. And uh, the audience I saw this with was too. They all clapped at the end. So everybody that I saw this with really, really seemed to enjoy themselves. And I think audiences are going to and I think it's going to do killer at the box office. So With all that said, Kristen, where can they find you on the internet?
1: As always, I am at Twitter at journeys underscore Phil.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. Feel free to drop us a review on iTunes where you can also subscribe to us there on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next time.